Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Welcome, football fans. To this NBC Sports Radio and NBCSN remote broadcast event, we are on the road at the NFL Scouting Combine. Live from Indianapolis, it's Pro Football Talk Live. Let's do this, Florio. Talk Live from India. The next three days, Chris Sims, Mike Florio, he got a day to prep. He was off yesterday. <laughs> yeah, lots Sleeping of prep. Sleeping in, relaxing, getting ready, because it's a grind. It is today, a grind. And today, you know, it's funny. Today is. The schedule has changed. So, yeah. like, all not all of them, but almost all of the coaches and GMs come through today. Right. So, we're going to try to grab as many fish into the boat as we possibly can. It is not going to be easy, because they're, gonna, they're not going to want to wait around. That's the other thing, too. We've been there before, and we've done that, where... You know, they got to go somewhere, and we got to get them up here, and no. we got to get them on. So that's going to be our task after we're done. For the next four hours, we're going to be telling you about everything that's going on in the NFL. NFL we may coaches be, have no patience. Any no, none, none whatsoever. Yeah, right. We're, we're going to be taking some of the podium press conferences live. That's cool. something we've never done before. Right. And the good thing about the change that they've made this year, by pushing the workouts into prime time and adjusting when the coaches and GMs come through, the players are coming through this room where the press conferences are earlier in the week while we are here so we're going to get some of them on set that's great we're going to be able to take some of the podium events live usually it's friday saturday sunday when everyone's gone so they've done some good reconfiguration of the schedule that's going to let us hear more from the guys who are coming into the league we've heard plenty over the years from the coaches and the gms we're going to hear plenty from the guys who are part of the new class of the nfl who will be drafted or maybe won't be drafted come uh late april all right and the thing got going yesterday, as it always does. Well, wait, hold on. One thing. You talked about me pampered and all that, my day off and everything. And then, you know, I get here last night and I hear got people, the, the whole show is on the run buying you makeup at the mall. So, I mean, you know, we can talk about me being pampered, but, I mean, damn, you forgot your makeup and then you had to send people out to go get it for you? Listen, I was perfectly fine to go without makeup. Our guests don't have makeup. Yeah. I didn't need to have makeup. Right. You're no, the you, only one that's over there painting your face you with a giant need, You brush. just painted your face and you well, need makeup. 
because they bought the, I do need it, but I could have done it without it. <laughs> Whatever. He didn't tell you guys that when you were driving 40 minutes to the mall, did he? I, I didn't know they were going to have to go that far to get it. He said, we have it. He didn't say, we have to go uh, get it. Right. He said, we have it. All right. Well, good. You look I really smooth fine and sexy today. You're so handsome. And there's usually one of the, you know, you, you've done this enough now. One of those little cases, they end up everywhere. Yeah. They're in yeah. your computer bag. They're in your luggage. Right. They're in a pocket of a pair of pants you didn't know. They were. I couldn't find it. It's like, where are they? Yeah, right. I, don't, I, don't, I didn't have any. Well, <laughs> yeah. now I have one. Good. That apparently uh, was in uh, Illinois yeah. where they had to go <laughs> Apparently. Get okay. Can we move on yes. now to quarterback hand Very size? Good. You know that's an important metric mm-hmm. for quarterbacks. And, really? And, but here's the thing. There, there is some relevance. There is. And there has to be some connection. Guys mm-hmm. like Dante Culpepper, who was a giant, yeah. but his hands were smaller than mine. Right. He couldn't hold on to the football. Dave right. Craig couldn't hold on to the football. His hands were small. In your perspective and from your experience, how relevant is this question of how big a guy's hand is or isn't? Okay, well, there is some positives, certainly. You know, more times than not, guys who, uh, you know, hey, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, those guys got big hands, but that helps, certainly. The biggest thing is in weather conditions, right? That's where you've really seen the talk more times than not. The one thing I learned in New England is you had to have a certain hand size for them to really even put you on the radar at the quarterback position. Now, I How big? What's the minimum? Yeah, I I, I want to say was like nine nine and three quarter minimum. I want to say it was around there. It might have even been a hair bigger than that. I might be a, a little a little off there. I can't remember exactly. So so Joe Burrow has nine inch hands. Right. He would be off the board. Yeah, he would certainly. Or, he would be off the. He board? wouldn't be off the board, but he would have a deficiency or a red mark next to him as far as like height, weight, speed deficiency that you know they don't love. But I think there's a few things to talk about here, and I want to talk about this. Here's a little football nice throw, Matt Casey, because you know I really think within the last you know. Five Five, ten years as we've seen football blow up, right? And the sport has continued to, um, you know, grow younger-wise where guys like Patrick Mahomes are playing seven-on-seven football in seventh grade and throwing the ball a million times. All right, so traditional hand grips, right? More times than not here, I'm a two-and-five guy. If anybody could see that. What does two-and-five mean? Two right here, that second notch, right? That second notch, where am I at? Right there, see, that's two, and then three, four, five. So my ring finger's on two, and my pinky finger goes on the fifth the fifth little gap there, okay? People are all over the place. Traditionally, you see two and five. John Elway was two and four. Dan Marino was two and five. Uh, Tom Brady is one and four. What I've seen where I think it means less of a difference now in this day and age in the NFL, and I'm amazed by this, is how guys like Patrick Mahomes and Kyler Murray and who else? Lamar Jackson, how they grip the ball. They've really, from compared to the old school guys, were like Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre was three and under six like this. Can you imagine that right there? You know, that's how big his hand is. And, of course, I have a really big hand, and I can do it too. Ten and a half inches. Ten and a half inches. I know. I think I had the second biggest hand by, hands at the combine. But where it's different now is the quarterbacks, especially the guys with the smaller hands, are grabbing the smaller part of the ball up here. So you're seeing a lot of, like, one and three or one and four grips where, you know, now you're not getting to the fat part of the ball, and I think it's less of an issue. I don't think people kind of messed around with these kind of, hand, uh, you know, grips in the 80s and early 90s. It's kind of taken this new form about it. You so you can one, compensate you yes, can compensate yes. for having smaller hands by just putting your hand up the ball. Closer to the at the at the part of the ball where it's holding hold on. I mean it's it's so low tech. I know. But it's so simple. It is like so if simple. you have a big hand, you can grip the big part of the sure. ball. If you have a tiny little hand, you can just grip down here. Now I don't I wouldn't recommend no, you know, no laces. That would be a difficult throwing motion. But but I, I get your point. And uh 
so Joe Burrow, nine-inch hands, no big deal. And we've seen him play. It's not like he's got a fumbling problem. It'd be different if he had a fumbling problem, and then you measure his hands, and you say, well, now, now we know why he has a fumbling yeah, problem. Yeah, right. Here's the thing, though. College yeah. football, a little bit smaller Definitely. than the NFL ball. Right. How big of a factor is that? Yeah, he'll have to toy with it a little bit. You know, he might, he might, I, you know, I know my father was a two-and-five guy and then got to the NFL and switched to two-and-four a little bit because of the, the, you know, the fatness of the football. So, again, this is not an alarming thing for Joe Burrow. I've seen enough throws for Joe Burrow to go, guy can throw it. He can throw it anywhere on the field. He can throw perfect spirals. Now, will will what will he did play in the SEC where the weather is pretty good every week, right? So I would bet some teams test him out a little bit with the wet ball drill, things like that. Hey, let me dunk the ball in here. Let me just see 10 throws just to see if you can manage it that way. And then, yeah, there'll be questions about his ability to throw the ball in really cold weather. Now, I think a lot of that'll be like wiped away because he's an Ohio kid too, and that'll help out the, the argument to that. But I don't think it's an issue either way. And we've seen Patrick Mahomes play in weather. He holds the ball like one in three or one in four really at that small part, and it's like a baseball in his hand. I can't throw it like that. I can't do it. It sticks in my hand almost, but it gives him great control, great power, and believe it or not, yeah, back in the day, people didn't like experiment with their grips as much as they do now, and I think that's why we're seeing you know more smaller quarterbacks, smaller hands, and it just doesn't matter because they've thrown enough balls in seven-on-seven in high school football to figure out the grip they like and still make it work and spin and throw with power. Joe Burrow at least has a sense of humor about his tiny little minuscule hands. He went to Twitter to say, considering retirement after I was informed, the football will be slipping out of my tiny hands. Please keep me in your thoughts. Patrick Mahomes responded by saying, my small hands are doing all right so far. I believe in you. But Mahomes, nine and a quarter, that's a full quarter inch bigger than Burrow. And when we measure that, right, it's the you spread out your hand, tip of the thumb to the tip of the pinky. That's right. how they get that measurement. Now, I think that's wrong, too. I would adjust that if I'm the NFL. What would you do? Well, because I think that this is, like, here's my my case in point, would be somebody like, you know, Aaron Rodgers, all right? Just, for instance, there. I think my hand measures out bigger than him at the NFL Combine. My hand is not as big as Aaron Rodgers. My hand is bigger than his from from here, from my you know thumb to the pinky, like you mentioned. I have a really big palm. But when I shook Aaron Rodgers' hands and I've seen his hands, his fingers are this long. To me, I would start measuring from the tip of the middle finger down to the bottom of the, the start of the wrist or the bottom of the palm there. To me, that's more relevant in the grip itself. Because, again, what, what does it really matter? People move their thumb all over the place, so it doesn't really matter how that grip is. Yeah, I lock it in there, but I've seen some great quarterbacks who put it up there and do that, and they don't really worry about grabbing the whole fatness of the ball necessarily. How much of that actually changes over time, or how much of it is a function of that's the way the guy grabbed the football the first time he ever picked it up and threw it? Yeah, I, I think a lot of it is that way. It is a little bit. And then I think from there you go to tinkering. You know, I, I tinkered at times where, you know, okay, I want to put more of my finger on the on the laces. Oh, I want to, t- you know, have it a little bit more fingertippy. And then I did mess around with, you know, two and five and then three and six. I, I you know, it just because I would go through a, a, a cold spell throwing the ball. I'd be like, man, I just don't feel good. Not throwing perfect spirals, not throwing the ball the way I want. You know, I don't know. The ball just feels weird. And I would tinker with my grip and mess with it, but really end up always reverting back to what my natural grip was. We've heard before talk about how players will try to change their mechanics, but then when they get into the fray, right. the muscle memory takes over again. How hard is it to consciously remember to grip a ball differently if you're trying to tinker with your grip? Very hard. It's going to take, you know, a few 
weeks of reps, I think, to grab it naturally, or you're going to be dropping back, and instead of reading a coverage or something, you're going to be thinking about, ooh, is my hand in the right place? I know I've, I've messed with that, too. When I played in Tampa, and I just told you I was tinkering with my, my, uh, my grip at one point where I found myself, I was like, damn, I'm, I'm thinking about the wrong thing here as I'm dropping back to pass. I can't do that. So it is something that would take a full offseason. I know you have a snarky joke to make. No, I'm just but- thinking, I'm, I'm imagining between thinking about the grip of the football, yeah. your drops, your reads, right. your mechanics, right. and having John Gruden right. constantly yes. pestering. Hurry, him. hurry. He's open. He's open. No, yeah. he's not. Shut up. You're the coach <laughs> behind me. Shut up. <laughs> uh, it's a, and look, as we've talked about this before, it gets you ready for the fray. It does. It, and Because if it's harder in practice than it's going to be during a game, you're going to be ready for a game. Yeah, that's right. And this is going to be a lot of these quarterbacks' first uh, experience into the fray because some of these meetings they'll go through this week are going to be about, you know, we all know it's 10, 15-minute meetings, right? The pressure's on. They want to get a lot accomplished and they want to rattle, especially the quarterback. They want to put them under the pressure a little bit, whether it's at the chalkboard, going through checks. Hey, we're going to teach you this real quick. Now teach it back to us. Uh, and that's part of, you know, what you're saying, that beauty of a coach trying to see how he react how a player reacts under pressure Ohio State pass rusher Chase Young will not be working out at the scouting combine. damn I but I feel like I know da- no it's not damn it's if he tears his ACL then I know it's damn. I know you're right I, I feel like there's less of an effort by people in the media to shame these guys than there used to be there was a time and I don't know maybe it's different when it's not a quarterback who chooses to not work right. out because we want to be entertained, right? What's the purpose of having these primetime workouts if guys aren't going to work out? Yeah. But I, 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 I have been a firm proponent of guys, especially at the top of the draft, like, what are you doing? What's right. the point? Right. The haze in the barn. Yeah. Go watch my film. Exactly. Watch my film and draft me. Or don't draft me. Let one of your competitors draft me. It's up to you. So I got no problem with Chase. I got no problem with the strategic decision not to work out. The guys who need to work out are the guys who are in that scrum trying to get drafted in round three, four, five. The, the, you know, and they know who they are. And they're sure. agents. They're good agents. They know who they are. The guys at the top, I am fully in support of them not doing anything. And I know that runs against the idea that they're trying to make the combine into this Prime time, big time TV event. You know, I, I love coming here to Indianapolis, yeah. and I accept that within the next few years it's going to be in L.A. That's part of making it bigger and right. bigger and bigger. Right. And when guys choose not to work out, there are people who get upset. I don't. I'm fine with it, especially when it's a Chase Young, because he has everything to lose and nothing to gain yeah. by working out at the combine. Right. I mean, really has nowhere to go but down. So, I mean, I, I get that. And, and, you know, I think you're right. I think the media and, and people like us have laid off these guys for not working out, certainly compared to the past, because I think everybody realizes, hey, this is a business and it's about maximizing what you can get and all those type of things. Am I disappointed as a fan? Definitely. I mean, I want to see Chase Young. I mean, Chase Young's a super freak, and I mean that respectively. I mean, the way he looks like he's a Miles Garrett, Devion Clowney, a guy that could do things in a workout where we'd go, holy crap, are you kidding me? He's that big and ran that fast? You know, that's what we said when we saw Miles Garrett run, right? Or Jadeveon Clowney. Remember him in his personal workout, jump over all the bags, and the coach was like, I've never had a player jump over that many bags. Uh, so that's that's what we're going to miss, but we'll see that during his pro day. And you never know where the player's at at this point in time right anyways, right? Maybe he banged up a pulled a quad muscle a little bit, and maybe he doesn't feel like he's 100%, but either way, I got no, no issue with the decision at all. The other side of this coin is coined. Too. At some yes. point, at some yes. point, 
if you're Chase Young right. or whoever the Chase Young is in any given year, as this becomes a larger and larger event, and if and when they ever start charging admission to fill up a stadium and you're performing out in front of all those people, it's no, it, there's a point where it's no longer a job interview. I mean, this is the only job interview where the employer makes money off of the interview process. <laughs> because it is true. Right? At some point, the players have to say, I want something or I'm not going to do it. If Ch- I like, How much money would it take to get Chase Young – if you were Chase Young's agent, yeah, brother, friend, right. father, five hundred thousand. I mean, it would. It would take something significant right. like that, right? I'm sure, I'll show up for because the dog if, and pony show. Because if you go to the dog and pony show until your point, what you say and kind of lay an egg or mess it, mess a few things up or tear an ACL, right? You're definitely costing yourself more than a few hundred thousand dollars. So I, I understand what you're saying there, but also too, you know, these are young kids who want to make their first. You know, I know Listen, they want to. The system exploits. It does. They're young. They're full of testosterone. I yes. I think they're never going to get hurt. They're good. They're Competitive. That's what I was here. They're good well, soldiers. You a competitor? Right. Yeah. They're it's good soldiers. They want to please the coaches, the people they're going to see in this next baloney. phase of their profession. Baloney. I get you. I get but you. But it's easy for us I'm just to telling say. You, well, I'm just telling you, I as a player, that's how you think. Yeah, I know. And that's yeah. how we'd both right. think if we were 21. Yeah, exactly right. But given the benefit of age and time and wisdom, or at least some semblance yeah. of it, we can say, don't do it. Screw you, Don't pay do me. You, yeah, that's right. Exactly. All right, we're going to take a break. Speaking of screw you, pay me, Dak Prescott, where does it stand with him and the Cowboys and the wild card of Amari Cooper, the guy they gave up a first-round pick to get a year and a half ago? We'll talk about that when PFT Live continues right after this. Over 300 of the very best college football players have been invited to the NFL Scouting Combine. Let's see who Florio likes. This is Pro Football Talk Live in Indianapolis. Here's Mike. We're going to have some challenges with our depth. I mean, we are, and uh, certainly, you know, with Dak and Amari, that's going to shrink it in a hurry. And, uh, you know, we're going to have challenges, but, uh, you know, they're not challenges that we can't overcome. So, uh, you know, it's going to be something that we've really got to, you know, keep our fingers on, certainly if there's a CBA, if there's not a CBA. Uh, if there's not a CBA, things get a lot tighter in terms of the rules. So, you know, we'll have to deal with that. Does you think about going in another direction? position? Absolutely not. I mean, Dak's our quarterback, and, uh, you know, he's our quarterback for the future, and we have nothing but the greatest respect for him. He's a competitor. Uh, you know, he's won a lot of football games for us. So obviously, he like us. We all want to take that next step. Stephen Jones, Cowboys COO, making it clear that they have not considered going in a different direction from Dak Very Prescott. Very clear, right? That's the closest he can say anything relevant or related in any way to Tom Brady. You know, that's one of the challenges this week, and we need to do the remedial tampering training with you. There have been times in the past where you have just blurted out guys under contract with other teams You're when right. we're talking to coaches and GMs. I did that GM. a few times last but you year. But can't, you can't right. comment on Tom Brady or any other quarterback that's still under contract with another team, and they're all still under contract. Any of the guys who are going to be free agents next month still under contract with their current team. But Dak Prescott, technically under contract with the Cowboys, they want to get him signed. Stephen Jones said yesterday that there have been no discussions between the team and Prescott's agent, Todd France. I was shocked. September. I was shocked when I heard well, that. But there's nothing to talk about. That's yeah. the thing. What's there to talk about once the season is going and you've exchanged your offers and that's it? You're just playing out the final year of the contract. Well, I just thought, like, once we got to 8-8 eight and eight and we're not making the playoffs, that I would hear there would be some a few moments of dialogue, ballpark numbers, what we're thinking, when we'll get back to you here, something like it's that. It's a deadline-driven business. Once yeah. you get, See, there's value before the season starts 
in negotiating with Dak Prescott because if you do a deal with him then, you take away from him the injury risk that comes from playing out the contract. Sure. That's the reason to do it. Right. After the season ends, there's no reason for him to talk. The next deadline is the application of the franchise tag. And, that's, and I was talking about this earlier on radio. There are certain points that we need to look at. Application of the franchise tag deadline. That's the next key deadline for Prescott because the Cowboys want to get the deal done so they can then use the tag on Amari Cooper. Sure. The guy they gave up a first-round pick to get from the Raiders a year and a half ago. And he may walk away. And remember last year, they were, oh, we don't – hey, during – uh, the time period, our first-round pick's on the clock. We'll be watching Amari Cooper film. That's our first-round pick. Not if he's gone after yeah, one year, it's right. not. So that's the, the key deadline. Try to get it done before the franchise tag window closes so you can tag Cooper. After that, then the deadline becomes getting it done well, before then it the becomes, start of the yeah, program. What do they do when that happens? That's Because he's the not big... going to show up. Yeah. He hasn't said it. I guarantee you he's not going to show up. No, he seems like he is driving a hard bargain. There's no doubt about it, about that. Whether with the comments we've heard, the way he acted and talked when I did my little interview with him down at the, the Super Bowl, you know, you could tell that there was an unwavering confidence in him right now to where he knows he's got the Cowboys by, you know, the kahunas and, and a little he, bit. He's, he's fully within his rights to not show up. Right. Remember, the Cowboys are the ones that are taking advantage of the rules that allow them to keep him off the open market with the franchise tag. Once that happens, he has rights. Right. And his rights include, I'm not showing up for anything until I sign a contract. I, have you, Mike Florio, who knows a lot of people in football and also has a good gut, and when I hear your gut sometimes, I always think, oh, somebody's told him something. But either way... Have you heard anything as far as numbers, where the hiccup is, anything between those two that way? Because I haven't heard, like, I haven't heard one peep about it. Like, whoa, they're this far off on guaranteed money or you're— No, it's what it's always been. It's the Cowboys think there is inherent value in being the quarterback of the Cowboys. Right. So for that reason, mm -hmm. you should take less. We yeah. heard that from Emmett Smith last week. Sure. You should take less because you're going to make it back in marketing dollars and you're the quarterback of the Cowboys. When you're done playing, you're going to walk right into a broadcast booth. I mean, look, yeah. Jason Witten, Troy Aikman, Tony Romo. No doubt. Right? It's an easy pathway into a 30-year career. I wanted to take less, announcer. not just for me, but just because I want to see him do well and have good team around him because I like him, but I'm not trying to tell anybody what to do with their money. Something that, that I really wonder about is what he would get on the open market. Yeah. We're back covering the most intense four-day job interview of all time. It's Pro Football Talk Live at the 2020 NFL Scouting Combine. Let's see who Florio likes. Uh, I'm not going to their team, <laughs> if anything, you know, whoever like me at quarterback, that's where I'm going. That's strictly my position. If the team did ask you to do that, would you do it? No, sir, I'm a quarterback. I don't know what other teams think about him, but on our board, he's a quarterback. That's just a couple of years ago. Lamar Jackson with the talk about changing positions. Ozzie Newsom, the former GM of the Baltimore Ravens, saying that he clearly is a quarterback. And the talk came up of scouts asking him to work out a different position. And there's a very easy procedure to do it. Any scout can say, we'd like you to work out a sure. different position. All sure. you have to say is no. Right. But the question did come up, and that leads into the first of I our had a lot of people in this room who bagged on me about me saying Lamar Jackson when I first came out and said, I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the draft. I, I've looked over here a few already. They, name names. No, I'm not going to do come that. Come on, name no. names. But there, you can't pull the pin I on can. that grenade and not I, let it explode. I totally 
totally can. I oh, totally I see can. Some people in here. Who... I'm not gonna, but yeah, it, it bothers me. It does because I felt like I had a lot of people who were sarcastic and kind of snarky to me. Not only here at the combine, but when we went to the owners' meeting. Oh, Lamar Jackson, huh? You really think he's the top, one of the best quarterbacks in the draft? Hey, yeah, I do. Screw you. Did you see that NFL MVP? Screw off. Uh, so I just told it them, really is far less meaningful yeah. and impactful if you're not willing to. I know I'm not. Was. I'm not because I man, like gotta, some of these. You got to learn how to hold a grudge. Well, I know I do, but I can't privately hold a grudge. I can't. Well, I'm going to let them know to their face later today. Uh, All right. Well, uh, I'll have yeah. my phone on and right. be recording <laughs> the moment. So we'll play it tomorrow good. on PFT Live. All right. The reason we're having this discussion is we're going to do some combine props. And what is the over under on the number of quarterbacks that will get asked if they work out in another position? The Dividing line is 0.5. Do you think it'll be over or under? We've already heard Jalen Hurts come out and preemptively say he's not working out at any other positions. How many quarterbacks will be asked to do it over under 0.5? Well, I, I got to think there's going to be more than point. There's I'm going over there. I do. I mean, it doesn't matter what Jalen Hurts says right now. I mean, he's going to be asked still to play other positions. You know, I'm, I'm, he's a guy I'm interested in evaluating just first off right away. You know, I, I know he's improved as a passer. I don't, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I definitely sit here and look at him as an NFL quarterback right now just from TV scouting. But I think there's got to be some other guys that are, you know, good athletes. We see this every year who we're going to be toyed with to tight end, or slot, slot, you know, receiver, something like that. Yeah, and I, is there anybody else that jumps to mind for you? I can't think of anything that jumps off the top of my head that squeezed I squeezed away that. from quarterback. And, and I, feel, um, I, I feel like what we've seen from young quarterbacks in recent years, as NFL coaches become more willing to adapt their offense right. to fit what the guy does at college, they're willing to accept that they're quarterback. Yeah. Right? We've gotten away from that well, you have to be a pro-style quarterback. You have to run our system. If we like you, we're going to do what you do well, yes. and we're not going to try to force you to be something you're not. Yeah, no, I, I think that's you're exactly right. We finally, in the NFL, have stopped trying to you know, uh, you know, know, squish a, a round peg into a square hole as far as making everybody into Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. No, not everybody's like that. You know, another guy, they're just thinking of that conversation. You know, the kid from Navy, Malcolm Perry, was a quarterback. I mean, he's he reads slot receiver all over the place to me. I mean, that's what he is. I think he's going to have a great career. So he would be another guy that jumps out to me. I saw him in person against Notre Dame. He can fly, and I think he does have a career as that slot Julian Edelman type guy. Last year, the fastest 40-yard dash at the scouting combine came from undrafted safety Zedrick Woods. The 4.29 seconds did not even get him selected. The over-under on the fastest 40-yard dash at this year's scouting combine is 4.29 seconds. Are you over or are you under? What do you think? I mean, it, it sounds Henry like... Henry Ruggs. A, I, you know, Henry Ruggs is the one who already has run a 4.33 at the Alabama Junior Pro Day. Right. Now, that's not the same track It's not as strict, right. But uh, I think if anybody's got a chance, it's him. And, you know, it's all about how quickly... For, when we're talking about that kind of speed, yeah. it all comes down to how quickly you get out of the block. No doubt. It's, 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 a, it's a measured race. It really is. I mean, to the point where these kids are going to have... They're going to know how many steps they've run in that race. And when they finish the line, they're going to go, ooh, I took an extra step. That's going to be a little slow. Or, ooh, I went one less step. That might be faster. Whatever it may be. But I'm, I'm still... I's going to go over. You know, four two four twos is flying. So I, I got to see it to believe it. We don't have a lot of people crack four twos every year, and that's for special, special speed. And as much as I see Jerry Judy and how flat, you know, how fast he is, and Henry Ruggs and all that, uh, I'm I'm still going over. Yeah, I I, I I'm saying under just because I want it to. Be. Yeah, you like, want that's it. That's the right. one event every year that captures some fascination. Definitely. And and look, for certain positions. There is a correlation. 
right? Wide receiver, receiver DB. Definitely correlate. Right. I remember when Bruce, remember Bruce Campbell? Sure. He ran a fat, a really fast 40. Big deal. He's an offensive lineman. He, and it, it was an amazing 40-yard dash. Right. But when's a lineman ever running 40 yards? No. Right. right. At most, 10 yards is all that matters for an offensive lineman. Exactly. King and I were talking about that yesterday. All right. Let's move on to the bench press. Last year, Giants defensive lineman Dexter Lawrence did the most bench press reps of anyone who was drafted 36 times with 225 with long out. arms too yeah. he had long arms and that's the key, and that's Warren Sapp remember Warren Sapp always said because he had a horrible performance yeah. at the bench press at the scouting combine because he has long arms right you got to get do more to put <laughs> yeah yeah sure they don't, put, they don't put a bench sure. out in the middle of the field is yeah. that why is that are you buying his excuse <laughs> no I'm not I'm not the, the reason Lauren uh, that Warren Sapp had a bad showing on the bench press is because he didn't bench press before that <laughs> <laughs> Knowing he, him, yeah, yeah, but it didn't matter. He'd be the first guy, you know, the, the first guy I bring up in the gym to people sometimes. Who you know, you know the guy in the gym. You see, he's like, I'm on my 900th set of bench, and I've done curls. My legs are this skinny, but my arms are this big. And Warren Sapp would be the perfect guy to go. That means nothing. I used to see him not be able to bench 225 pounds, and then go out outside and throw 330 pounders around like they were rag dolls. Now, how many times can you bench press 125? Oh, I could do 125. I know you at least 20 times. What? At least 125. Negative. Ghost Rider. 125? Yes. 125 is nothing. 125. 125 is nothing. Coming up do. later in the week, there's a bench press right over here at the NFL Combine. We You're will not be going. get 125. We can take one of the plates off. I've weight lifted weights before. I know what 125. We will be You're going there the at bar. some point. Wait a minute. You're going to need the bar. The bar's 45. Yeah. I never understood why the bar's 45. You're going to need Just the, make the damn thing 50. You're going to need the, the bar, a 35-pound plate on each this side. This is math. You went to Texas. And be a 5-pound plate right. on each side. Set yes. it up. I'll do it. I'll do 20 reps of 125. Oh, my gosh. Get ready for the greatest social media event we've seen in recent history. It's 125. You're not going to get 20. And who do you think you are? I don't know what to the. I don't know. I will surprise you. (laughs) Remember Steve McNair? Steve McNair was another one of those who would never lift weights, and he was as strong as a bull. Right. And, Natural you know, country strong. Yeah, yeah. and that, like, it sounds like Warren Sapp was yeah, the same way. Yeah, he was. Same Put way. Put me down for 20. Okay. Now I'm getting a little nervous. I know. But, but your, your dad did 20 pull-ups. Well, yeah, okay. But my dad's a little different than you. Sorry. You know what? If we went to brains, I'd go, I'd take Mike Floria. If it goes to muscles, I'm going Phil Sims. Sorry. You, 125 on that bar. <laughs> All right. And give me, give me the right of first refusal to delete it if I don't get 20. You can <laughs> okay. just come on and say I nah, That's not fun. I don't like that. How many push-ups can you do, long arms? I don't know. I don't know. I can do more than 20, though. I don't know. But more yes. than 50? Uh, in a sitting, more than I think I could do more in one. Yeah, in one sitting. Yes. Now I think I could. How many do you think I could do in one sitting? Mm. One, one set. One set. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Forty would be pushing it. I think I can do forty right now. Right now. I'll do forty right now. <laughs> no, I don't want to see I it do right 50 now. Fifty right now. But we'll do it later. I'm going to hold it strict too. Right. None of this, like you know, like you can hold it strict. Well, I mean, I don't want to see not military. Not, I don't want to see like oh one. Two, like you just barely bent your elbows, and we're gonna count one. All You're right. gonna get down to like Bring close it. to the ground. Bring it. All right. We can bet a steak dinner on it that you'll never give. Yep. Me. What am I? Two in the hole in the steak dinner? I can't remember. We did double or nothing at some point. I can't remember what it was. I can't so remember I don't know either. Who won or lost. All, All right. right. Uh, let's see what else we have. We got more here. <laughs> Over under on the anonymous reports questioning Chase Young's competitiveness after choosing not to work out at the combine. Zero point five. I hope it's under. I'm so sick of that, and I hope it's played out. And I've tried to shame everyone in the media who tries to pull this crap when a guy who has the hay in the barn, he's clearly a top pick, and he makes a strategic decision not to work out. And yeah. people in the media get upset because we're not going to – we want to be entertained. Entertain us. No, no. You've, we've already been job. entertained his job by is, you right. in college. Right. That's it. Right. Now his job is to keep himself healthy and get himself drafted as high as possible. He has no need to work out. And I will – 
I will go after anybody, not physically, although, yeah. hey, I may be feeling pretty tough after I bench 125 20 times. I will go after anyone who tries to question his competitiveness. It's stupid. This it isn't is. a competition. Right. No, I, I'm with you there. Now, how many people do you think actually will question? Are you going in the over or the under there? I, well, all it takes is one. I know. Right? What does it take to be someone in the media, too? There's so many people in the media. Somebody will. Somebody yeah, will. I mean, because somebody, somebody will. will confuse their disappointment that they're not going to get to see this guy work out. Like you were saying, they're like, boy, I'd love to see him run. I'd love to see him do this. And they're going to make, well, do we, do we know that he's truly competitive if he's not willing to show up and show what he can do? I mean, it's the same old tired crap that we hear every it day. It is. It's the same old and tired crap. I have crap. a feeling we're going to hear it. I just, I typically tune it out so it doesn't irritate me because, you know, and I think this is a function. This isn't some great enlightenment. As my son has gotten older and older, and he's older now than these guys who are coming through here, yeah. you start to identify with, you know, like you're, you're taking, you know, like you, I feel that like, age group and like things, I feel, yeah. you know, when you, when your child is a certain age, you kind of feel this weirder sense of responsibility of other people that it's weird. Like, yeah, when your kid's I get five, you. Right. Like any five year old, I'm, you're I'm in that right now. To, yeah. Right? I see a 13 or a nine year old, yeah, and, and I'm like, and hey, I know what this kid's and going through. And you're going to feel the same. Same right. thing as your kids get older, and yeah. I think that has a lot to do with it. I do, as too. As dumb as that may sound. All right, over under on the number of head coaches that don't come to the scouting combine next year at all, 2.5. That's a little high. Ooh, I think that is a little high. I mean, we don't have any head coaches not here this We have this Sean week, McVay right? leaving early. Leaving early. Because they're trying to install a new offense. Right, but they're going to be here, right? they'll right? be here. Yeah, I, I think that uh, I'm going with the under there. I mean, I, I don't expect this to be – I expect the common trend where – who do we hear? The Broncos and the Rams, right, are sending the, the whole staff. I think that is going to continue to be a trend here Broncos as we go. Broncos are not sending any assistance. Right. The Rams are restricting some of who they're Some guys, right? They're, they're they're, they're in the lab working on the sure. reconstituted Sean McVay offense. I, I think this will become a thing as we go into the future here in the NFL. You know, I, I think it's, you know, one, if I'm a head coach, right, I don't know necessarily if I want my coaches just, you know, having drinks with the enemies, let's just say, and maybe, you know, point. telling some secrets. And as we know, this is spring break for for NFL coaches, and this is what they do. They hang by the bar, they drink, they look at football, they watch players, they drink some more, they there's, hang out. There's no sodium pentothal, but there's plenty of truth there, serum in there, town. There is. And that's Plenty where I think between cost effective and I think coaches and GMs realizing that maybe it's not the best thing for their organization. I think you're going to continue to see this trend. I think we'll see a handful of teams do it next year. And I think at a certain point we will see teams use that as a way to push back against this effort to make the event larger and larger and larger. It's going to L.A. at some point. Yeah, it seems and like these it. workouts are staying in prime time, and they're going to fill that state. I like it. People, I, I right. know, but but I think that especially once it goes to L.A. and everything isn't all packed together, inconvenient, and you can like you know the ride over here today for us was three minutes. Right. L.A. It ain't going to be three minutes. No, I know. You know? And and I, the, the coaches are going to be dealing with yeah, the same they're thing. Gonna be and I think you can about see a bit it. of yeah. a revolt against it. So we're going to stop going, or we're going to stop sending as many people. We're going to stop. We're going to stop treating it like the big deal that you're treating it. Because we resent the fact that the then NFL is turning a, a it circus. into a circus, right, right? Right. And that's what I had a GM tell me last week when we we started talking about the idea that they move the workouts to prime time and it screws up the schedule. They're opening Pandora's box. You're, you're familiar with Pandora's I box. I do. Yeah. Box full of Pandora. Yeah, yeah. As you She's in said. there. <laughs> <laughs> and at least you've gotten the gender right. It <laughs> took you. a while. He can be taught. <laughs> it is a she, not a he. But <sighs> they're opening Pandora's box as it relates to trying to make this like the draft because it's not the draft. It's a different event altogether. All right, we're going to take a break. Jim Irsay says that all options are open for the Colts at quarterback. What does Chris Sims think they should do next year? Jacoby Brissett or someone else? More PFT Live from the Scouting Combine in Indianapolis right after this. They all want to get drafted, but not all of 
of the Will. We're back live at the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. It's Pro Football Talk Live with we'll Mike Florio. What happens, it's definitely interesting. I'll, I'll tell you that. We've had some interesting discussions on all sorts of things. Um, but, hey, if we're going to the stadium for a, a, a Sunday night football game, we're lining up with Jacoby today. So, um, uh, I'm really excited about our football team. They're not playing football games today, and they have time to decide who their quarterback's going to be. Yes, they have Jacoby Brissett. Under quarterback coach Frank Reich has praised him, but but Jim Irsay also said when he spoke to the media on Sunday that all options are open at the quarterback position. Look, this is the year to get a free agent. This is the year to do it if you're the Colts. They've been connected to Phillip Rivers. That's not a surprise. There are other guys out there if they're interested. Teddy Bridgewater. There are guys who are upgrades over Jacoby Brissett. It was just such a weird arc last year for Brissett. It was. He started off well. They were 5-2. Right. and two. Hey, they're going to be fine without Andrew yeah. Luck. He had that MCL injury against the Steelers. He was never the same after that. And now you've got this vibe that he may be out of a job. Well, it, it does seem that way. I mean, listen, they're certainly not giving him the vote of confidence. I mean, just say if we have a game tonight, you know, we're going to go over there right now and Jacoby Brissett's going to be the quarterback. Well, of course, because there's nobody else. Yeah, it's that, either him or Brian Hoyer. Right. There's not really anybody else in the roster. But, uh, yes, I, I mean, I think they need to bring, at the very least, someone equal to him as far as competitive. What would you do? If you're Chris Ballard, who would you target? Um, I think the guy I would probably look at right now and I go, ooh, my team can win. We're kind of ready. We got a lot of pieces in place. Got to add a few things. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater would be a guy I would look at. He would be a guy I would seriously look at. He definitely would be. Um, he knows how to play the game. He takes care of the football. You know, he understands, you know, offenses and the big picture of the football game in general. And I think that's where Jacoby Percet missed off. Now, you know, it missed out last year, you know, especially at the end of the year. Man, there was people open, not not only missing them with not making the right read, missing the throws. It really fell apart towards the end of the season. And Teddy Bridgewater, even though he might not wow us all the time, the consistency's there. Now, to me, the big thing is, you know, how much in the dumps are they with Jacoby Brissett? That's really what we don't know. How in the dumps are they? And if I mean, you're Jacoby Brissett, what do you think of all this stuff? Well, I, I mean, I think he's got to think that his, his play speaks for itself. He can't be surprised by this, but the way he played at the end of the year. I don't think he can sit there and go, oh, man, this is some bull crap. But if it really was his knee right. and he fought through it, you know, we deal with that from time to time sure. where injuries aren't played up maybe the way they should be and the guy ends up struggling. Well, I'm not struggling because I stink. I'm struggling because I'm injured. Yeah, but they're really that. not disclosing the injury the right. way they should. That tension has always been around football. Yes. If he really can play like he did earlier in the year if he's healthy – right. Maybe he's better than we think. Well, I, I do think that somewhere the truth is somewhere in the middle. I don't think he's as bad as we saw uh, at the end of the year. You know, I, I do have hopes that the guy we saw early in the year, who wasn't perfect but was really damn good and made some big throws and some big moments for them, yeah, I would hope it – but I think, you know, I would hope it would be somewhere in there. But I think what they saw at the end of the year was it just fall apart. I think that's what scared them. I think they saw a little bit of like, whoa, deer in the headlights, a little bit like, wait, what, what the hell were you looking at when you dropped back to throw that play? You know, I, I know I've referenced this a few times as of late, but there was a few games where I feel like Frank Reich, the way he called – the game was like, 
oh, I saw a few passes from Jacoby. I'm scared. I'm scared to death to throw the ball anymore. I'm going to start running the ball just about two out of every three plays. So I don't know. Now, do you make a play for an Andy Dalton and try to no. trade away? A, I, I, I'm sorry. To no, react I that know. Way. Well, it's, but it doesn't is that really an you. upgrade? Well, yes. I mean, it is an upgrade. It's a guy that's been he's proven. He's been to the playoffs a bunch of times. He's, I don't disagree with that. I, and I, know, I, I like an Andy upgrade. Dalton. It's I an just, upgrade. It's not a great I think upgrade. Part of the game is you got to sell a little sizzle. Okay. So, I don't think Andy Dalton sells much. All right. So what right about Philip Rivers? Do you want to deal with that I, and him? No. I, I, don't you at least take a swing of the bat at Tom Brady if you're the Colts? Sure. Don't you? I think so. Wouldn't that be great? Oh. Wouldn't that be awesome? It would be. The rivalry would be back on. Oh, yeah. It definitely sure, would be. If he ends up playing for the Colts. But I'd at least inquire and yeah. see what he's looking at and see if it's something we can do. They always have cap money. I, I know. I know. I, I hear you. I mean, I don't know. Did they think about a quarterback in the first round? You know, again, I haven't got far enough in my evaluations, but are guys, you know, like Jacob Eason, you know, are they somebody that the Colts could maybe trade down in the first round if they wanted to take? I don't know. I can't give those answers yet. I'll give you all those answers in about a week or two. Okay, about all the quarterbacks, you know, but is that going to be the thing? You know, the kid from Utah, the quarterback there, is he going to be in play for first round? Are this is this in their discussions? Are they wor- worried about maybe a one year band band aid? Maybe then you do go Philip Rivers. Now Frank Reich was with Philip Rivers, and Philip Rivers is a guy that you got to be careful who you bring in because he's the sheriff and he's going to run the team when he comes in, and he's probably going to change plays and piss off the offensive play caller at times. Does Frank Reich want to deal Sirianni, with that? Nick Sirianni's got the experience with him. Well, that's why Melvin Gordon, the Chargers yes, running back last week, he would was go saying, there. It makes no sense. Doubt. Right. Sirianni's been with Rivers. Right. He knows what he's getting into. And, and we always too. assume that when there's a prior working relationship yeah. that people want to rekindle it. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they're like, hell no, I would never do that ever <laughs> been again. Been there, done that. And I would think that you could get both of that with Philip Rivers because he's a tough personality, as we know. We love Philip because he's fiery and tough as hell. And we but, don't have to work with him. Well, yeah, but, you know. And he doesn't have to work with us. I think we've certainly heard our share of rumors where, you know, yeah, he can be demanding. And he's hard to tell. You know, at this point of his career, he's hard to tell I him what to do. Wrong with somebody being demanding, who yeah. brings excellence, and who holds himself to the same standard he holds everyone else to. What do you do if you're the Colts? Tom Brady's not an option if you don't. What do you do? I uh, I, I guess uh, I'd take a look at Phillip Rivers, I guess, yeah. reluctantly. Yeah. Just because I feel like there's got to be somebody else out there that would be there longer than a year or two. That's why I'd be hesitant about Phillip right. Rivers. Right. We'll be right back. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.